This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Seen and Not Heard is a podcast series that will be airing here on AMI-audio December 17th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Carolyn Minx is the author and star of this podcast series. The fictional story is about a young woman named Beth who lost a significant amount of her vision in her late teens. She's adjusting to life with a disability from her struggles with, struggles with romance, her parents, learning ASL, and dealing with day-to-day life. Seen and Not Heard offers a glimpse into her life. Following the presentation of the series, folks, please stay tuned for an interview uh, that Jacob Shemansky does with Caroline Minks. Seen and Not Heard on AMI-audio, Saturday, December 17th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay, folks, let's jump into a little sports talk as Brock and I rejoin you here on the program. Lead-off item, sir. Let's jump into that first of all. I think you've got some interesting news. I do have some interesting news, and for those of you that don't know, today marks the beginning of the winter meetings for baseball. One of the biggest pieces of news that has come out is that Justin Verlander, formerly of the Houston Astros, and yes, I said formerly on purpose, is now going to the New York Mets for $38 million. He is very, very close to his 40s and will be over 40 by the time this contract expires. Wow, what do you think of this? Um, I, every time I think of Justin Verlander, I think Iron Man. I think, like, the guy is just, he could just pitch forever, kind of in the same sort of category as Tom Brady, although I don't mean to put, you know, baseball and football in the same category whatsoever, but it's just at some point we're going to see the end of Justin Verlander, and it's obviously not going to be for a couple more seasons, but I would wonder if after this contract uh, with being 41 years of age-ish, uh, if we see that as being the end of the era there, but but hey, yeah. credit to him. He just keeps doing it, Cy Young after Cy Young, and hey, you never know. I smile when I think of, especially with us just losing Gaylord Perry, um, someone who played baseball for years, and you think about how frustrated we get. 100 pitches, out of the game. Come on, you're done. Yeah, but I've almost got a perfect game. Out you go. Uh, we really get frustrated at this, Brock. And, you know, when I started watching baseball, uh, you know, often if your team had a significant lead, the pitcher stayed in through the eighth inning, and in the ninth, somebody else came on board. So yeah. I would love to see those days. I know we're going to say that, well, what about their arms? The pitch, do they fall off? And we know that as a lot of that is the way people pitch. There's different things now. Plus, as some will say, the, the pitchers are babied. So I, I think this guy can hang around. I'm sure he can get another contract if he chooses to stay around baseball and, and do that. Uh, anything else in your leadoff you want to get into? Yes. So I would like to also get into putting a wrap on the Para Hockey Cup. Uh, the gold medal game was between... Canada and the United States, as expected. Uh, The bronze medal game was between Czechia and Italy. Czechia wins that game going away, nine to nothing. You know, um, Italy really just kind of ran out of gas. They really put together a really good round robin game against Czechia. 
Um, but then they just kind of ran out of gas and, and that was the end of that. Um, but then in the gold medal game, here's where things get a bit odd. Well, not odd because we've seen this for a while now. Um, in that Canada loses to the United States 5-1. to one. Uh, This marks the uh, 13th straight time that they have lost to the United States going back to the round robins in, in the event's history. Nine years since they've won the gold medal. I have some very deep concerns relating to the national program in Canada. I think that um, Brody, Brody Roybal and Declan Farmer of the United States have really set themselves up to put United States in a real good position. And they are individuals who are amputees, who are very fast. And United States seems to have this ability to, you know, build their depth and do a better job with depth. And I just think Canada has trouble with this in, in building it into the grassroots. And I see this problem um, persisting for at least this cycle. I, I'm watching this tournament unless things drastically change because everyone's saying this Canadian team's going to stay together. And if they do, I just think the United States is really no match uh, for Canada. So uh, disappointing results. I hope that I'm wrong in this, but just my eyes tell me what they tell me. And, you know, I've got to be honest in situations like this, and that's just my honest report. Canada learn anything? Canada be able to do anything about this? Can Can they view this as a success for Canada? Uh, they seem to want to view this as a success for Canada. They have a new coach. The coach, uh, did something where, um, he pulled the goalie in a, in a five, nothing game. And they ended up getting the one goal. There seemed to be quite a celebration in that this team will grow together. will will do great things. Um, but I, I just, I, I look at this and I go, yeah, what are you looking at? Like, are, are, I'm not sure. And the credit, we have to give credit to the United States and say, this is what they're doing. It's the grassroots. It's where they're getting people from. They're getting people who have been part of the armies, the navies, those kind of things, who, who are coming off of situations that aren't neurological disabilities that don't have effect on your upper body. Whereas Canada, they do have athletes that have both effect on their upper body. And I just, it's it's challenging. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, I mean, we we know obviously what goes on. Like, I mean, what you what I took away from this is, yeah, what you said, Canada not being a match at this time for the U.S. Maybe adjustments made, maybe not. But what I really do like, Brock, is when you see Czechia and and, and Italy. Like, it's really great to see the sport expand and and the importance around the world. Yeah, it is, and and those that round robin game between Czechia and Italy was two two uh, going into the last little bit of the the third period and and it was a really wonderful game and Italy has something to be proud of yes tired stamina was a whole thing that's all well and good but I, Italy has something to be proud of and the the sport as a whole has something to be proud of beyond Canada and the United States fantastic uh, Ke- Kelly I have something really cool to share with you and this was uh brought to me by uh Catherine Batcher who loves to find uh, unique things within the sports world. But um, California School for the Deaf, Riverside 
football team recently won their school championship with a 12-0 record and became the first ever deaf football team to win the championship. It must be said, however, that the, these gentlemen competed against individuals who were completely able-bodied with no effects on them whatsoever. So for me, this is a really, really cool thing that they did. So, you know, I think about the loudness at so many of the NFL stadiums, particularly we saw what they used to do in Seattle and try to do the silent signals, as they called it. And my goodness, when you think about a team like this achieving, because, of course, hey, you can be fit, you can have a hearing impairment or be deaf uh, and, and still achieve the same things. But I think, you know, we're surprised because... You, you you think about communications. You imagine being that other team trying to figure out what are they doing next. Like, you know, we, we can't pick up on anything they're doing unless maybe we know sign or whatever <laughs> sign they're and, using that they've adapted for this. And it's something totally unique. What do you, what do you watch in a football game? You, you watch quarterbacks call a play at the line and yell this color and that color and whatever else they yell. And sometimes it's just, tomfoolery to be perfectly honest with you for sure it is but yeah you you cannot you cannot understand what it is these individuals are are calling because there is no audible noise uh being made and all of the staff were all uh hearing impaired and deaf and so for me the thing that stands out in all this kelly is not the fact that they won the championship it's how they won the championship it's one thing to sit here and say well you know, you can you can win against people with like ability of your own or, or like skill, but but these individuals had such a different uh, advantage. I'm going to say because to me, I do believe there's an advantage when you're not having any anything audible that that's being yelled on the field. And to me, I believe that that caught teams by surprise. And I'm not trying to say that you know that's. That's all it was. I think the skill's there, obviously. But when you can catch a team by surprise and go, hey, what's happening? They're running circles around us. So very, very cool um, to mention. And I wanted to bring this to you uh, today. Uh, I, I want to also ask you, we've got a fun fact for you. And I'm going to put your brain to the test. Who, who, but here's the, the question. Who is the only player to ever get unanimously voted in to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Do you know who it is? I have heard. Don't think I remember. I'm trying to think about it on a level of, I want to say Lou Gehrig. Nope. No. What if I told you, what if I told you uh, pinstripes? Um, yeah, that's what Relatively I recent. Relatively recent. Oh, no. No, that's too. Um, I should let's know my try, New York Yankees let, enough. Let, what position? Let's try. Let's try this closer. Oh, well, of course. Sorry. Um, I know who I mean, but I don't remember la- the name. But the most famous closer of the last twenty years for yes, the Yankees. Yeah, um, Mar- Mar- Mariano Rivera. That's right, Rivera. Is, that's exactly it. But I didn't so, know anonymously. I don't think I did know that. And so, for those of you that are wondering. What about Ken Griffey Jr.? Well, Ken Griffey Jr. had three people out of 440 say no uh, to voting him in. So, so Mariano Rivera becomes the first 
player to be unanimously voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. You always wonder how come, what issues, or is someone just swimming against the tide? Um, Former Miami Marlins manager Don Mattingly has been hired on as the bench coach for our Toronto Blue Jays. What are your thoughts on this piece of news? Well, my first thought is I was puzzled. And then I I got to talking on the morning show with with Dave, and he brought up a point to me that I, I didn't think about. The point is, is that we've seen this team have a bit of too much fun. We've seen the the home run jackets. Let's all run out and jump out of the dugout and be happy when we hit a home run. And it doesn't matter whether we lose the game 12-11, we'll be happy for a home run. For me, Don Mattingly brings that that sandpaper that we're here to win. We're here to do this the, the, the right way. Now, of course, Don Mattingly has said, I'm not here to change anything. I'm here to be an addition to the team. But as we've heard, all through the offseason and all through the things that have gone right and wrong and indifferent with this team, they need a winning way and a winning way to do this. And I think that this is the reason for the signing. But initially, Kelly, I was really puzzled. Uh, not puzzled at this end. The American League East connection Don Mattingly would have, he's always liked Toronto, but Don Mattingly coming out of the stink of Miami and issues over there, he needs that year to sit back, kind of lay in the weeds, has some success with a team that he potentially knows uh, could have some success. He's familiar enough with the team itself, and, and I think he needs that year of recharging, maybe two years before he decides to go elsewhere. Um, and staying in the American League East, maybe there's some other agenda he has being close to those teams again um, and, and the success of, of you know being with the Jays. I really think he feels, and, and again, Brock, going to the fact that we do need the older voice, we may need that person who the guys look at and say, hey, sometimes that goes sideways, but kind of anxious to see him a part of this team. Before we run out of time here on this segment, tell us what's coming up today on the Neutral Zone. What have you uh, produced and programmed for us? Peter Leiser, the executive director of Bocce Canada, will be joining us. I did do some on-site interviews, which unfortunately didn't uh, pan out at the National Bocce Championships. So we're bringing that, those conversations to you in the right form. So that's what's coming up. Uh, when I finish this program, we will be recording The Neutral Zone. Neutral Zone heard here on AMI-audio, 11 a.m. Tuesday mornings, also available as a podcast and a YouTube project as well. You can find it there. So check it out tomorrow after, I'd say, noon on any of the mediums or join them right here on AMI-audio at 11 a.m. Up next on our AMI update, we chat with Double Tap host Mark Flalo about what we can expect from Double Tap for the holidays. We'll get into that after this. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.